All right, welcome to another episode of the Secret Society of Marauders. I am your Secret Society leader, Grandmaster, call me what you will. But I'm um, coming at you with another episode. Last episode was the first episode, actually, of this podcast, and we were talking about the COVID Corvid connection in relation to ravens and crows, and that was pretty crazy. But um, so today we're going to be talking about the Greek mythology, and uh, so you know that symbols are pretty much everywhere. If you're into conspiracies, and just look at the one dollar bill. And it's right there in front of you, in front of everybody. Um, but I feel like that there's more than meets the eye of most of us, even though a lot of us think that we're a quote-unquote red-billed or whatever, like, just to different extents. But one thing I've seemed to notice was that um, it seems like Apollo has a lot of relevance in the mythological discussion of Corona. And so, last episode we were talking about um, Apollo's lover, Corona, oh sorry, Coronis, um, who was in love with this guy named Prince Isicus, and Apollo thought that they were, like, going to be good (laughs) forever, I guess, but um, Prince Isicus was pretty hot, apparently, and... um, (laughs) Coronis was getting with them romantically, and uh, Apollo didn't like that, and Apollo killed Coronis, but then saved the unborn son that was still in the womb, uh, as she liked burning, so it's pretty wild, but, and then, so the son was actually Aselpius, and if you look at the uh, World Health Organization logo, that is the rod of Aesopius with the snake wrapped around the rod. So this is all according to a Greek legend where a centaur named Chiron adopted Aesopius. And Aesopius means to cut open in Greek. And Aesopius went on to become a hero and a god of medicine. And like I was just mentioning, the rod of Aesopius is um, shown on many prominent medical symbols. You can see it actually on some ambulances. Um, And there are different theories about why the symbol was eventually came to be um, used in medical terminology, like medical symbols. Um, And so (laughs) actually I'm kind of using Wikipedia for a lot of the mythology just because don't really want to check out a book in the library on mythology, but you know, Wikipedia is pretty pretty bad for a lot of stuff, but it seems like they're different. Um, like it's more reliable for the mythology, in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Um, so the Wikipedia entering on the Rod of Aesopius states that perhaps the snake was chosen to symbolize healing since medicine can have a nourishing effect while other times it can have a deadly effect. So the Wikipedia entry also states that the word pharmacon um, meant both medicine and poison and could also refer, refer to a magical spell. So a further examination of the word pharmacon says that there's also a third meaning to this word, which is reference to the pharmakos ritual human sacrifice. So although, 
it's pretty bad but um <laughs> ritual human sacrifice so although murder did not always necessarily take place during these pharmacos rituals uh what happened was a scapegoat was selected during a time of crisis to leave the city some crises included famines plagues and war and the word pharmacos is related to pharmacon which ultimately is the root word of pharmacy uh the pharmacos ritual attempts to renew the community through uh, through rejecting one of its members and sometimes the pharmacos were exiled or stoned and um sometimes they were criminals other times they weren't criminals so um personally i, th I think it's a little weird that uh, the origin of the word pharmacy has something to do with poison and magic in addition to healing and i'm not necessarily against like magic or whatever or talking about it but it's supposed to be about science um not magic and i do believe that um the words and the origins have a lot to do with what things actually represent and i definitely don't want poison anywhere near my pharmacy or medicine so um i actually was getting some of this information from uh a harvard book or series on the pharmacos um online and the first chapter was titled the pharmacos in ancient greece so this chapter describes not only exiles and sacrifices of commoners, but also sacrifices of royal figures in an attempt to rid the city of danger. The article reads, In addition, some themes are especially characteristic of the legendary scapegoat. These are related to the ritual pharmacos, but are distinct in some ways. Cult and myth cannot be separated, for the etiological, I don't know what that means, um, pharmacos legends are not included, or are included in the preceding list. Royal. Uh, often the legendary scapegoats are seen as royal princes or princesses. Virgin. Often the scapegoat is female, young, sexually pure, voluntary, as in the case of Aglaros. Evil Eye. Often the hero's extraordinary, extraordinary nature um, attracts attention or envy, the evil eye. Polycrate's tomb is called Baskanu Tafos, the tomb of the evil eye. Fatal saving gift. The expelled hero is often a fatal gift to to an enemy, salvation to his own people. This theme can appear at various points in the narrative. Kodros and Polycrite, for instance, give themselves to the enemy. As has been noted earlier, poison is a magical gift, dosis, and the German word for poison is gift. So this is cl then closely related to poison imagery. Then there's divine persecutor slash patron. Often the hero is persecuted, killed, and deified with cult by the same god. The part played by the oracle in the scapegoat stories is they can require both the expulsion of the scapegoat and his immortalization through cult. So it's definitely pretty weird talking about um, ritual sacrifice or community shaming based off of um, pharmacos, which is somehow supposed to be related to pharmacy and this idea that you're both hurting and helping at the same time. And, um, so I, I was pretty like blown away by the fact that in ancient Greece, that there are some Royal figures sacrificing themselves for the group and just giving themselves the enemy. 
seems pretty crazy but um so we were talking about how why the rod of Asclepius has snake if it's meant to represent healing and from the discussion of the pharmakos it appears that many greeks believe that in certain situations uh, sacrifice was necessary to ensure long-term health and stability for the community and the harvard article also states on the one hand the pharmakos could be the medicine that heals the city um on the other, he could be the poison that had to be expelled from the system. He's often ugly or criminal. Thus, these two interpretations are not exclusive. Although this is not the only interpretation of um, the Rod of Asclepius, it's definitely intriguing. And if you look at um, if the Rod of Asclepius is actually tied to the Pharmacos ritual of healing through inflicting pain, then that really does say a lot about Western medicine. And um, I don't know if I'm really for that, if that's really what Western medicine is about. So back then, the Greek physicians would take the Hippocratic Oath and which started like this. I swear by, a, I swear by Apollo healer, by Asclepius, by Hygieia, by Panacea, by all the gods and goddesses, making them my witnesses that I will carry out according to my ability and judgment this oath and this indenture. So today doctors do also take the Hippocratic Oath. Obviously they don't necessarily swear to Apollo, but it does kind of seem a little sketchy if you think about the Hippocratic Oath and how it originated with Apollo. And if, if you really look at the Apollo perspective of a mythological underpinnings of uh, coronavirus it's does seem like there's something there to me at least but um, so as the oath mentions um, Asclepius's daughters are Hygieia, Panacea and Asclepius himself is also mentioned in the original Hippocratic Oath um, so if you look at how this pandemic has been treated by the medical professionals, quote-unquote, it does seem kind of unwholesome. Like, they're not really treating you like a organic living being. It's just, oh, just uh, lock yourself in the room and you'll be good. But, um, so there's this one Greek philosopher named Cornetus who stated... Asclepius derived his name from healing soothingly and from deferring the withering that comes with death. For this reason, therefore, they gave him a serpent as an attribute, indicating that those who avail themselves of medical science undergo a process similar to the serpent, and that they, as it were, grow young again after illnesses and sloth off old age. Also, because the serpent is a, is, is a sign of attention, much of which is required in medic, medical tre treatments. The staff also seems to be a symbol of some similar thing um okay the quote is pretty long um for by means of this it is set before our minds that unless we are supported by such inventions as these and so far as falling continually into sickness is concerned stumbling along we would fall even sooner than necessary okay so the wikipedia entry was stating that um on the route of Asclepius 
that the rattlesnake, although associated with Sesopius, were not always depicted as one symbol in Greek times. That you would have maybe just the rod or just the snake. <clears throat> so another theory on the rod of Sesopius is that the snake shedding of a skin symbolizes regeneration. Another theory of the staff of of the rod of Sesopius has biblical origins. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the book of Numbers in the Bible provides another interpretation. Numbers chapter 21 verse 6 states, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much, many people of Israel died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So the origin of the rod of Asclepius is not certain, but you know definitely a combination of theories could be plausible. And it does kind of seem like we're going clue hunting here, but um, you know we are dealing with a some pretty heavy stuff in the world, and I don't necessarily think that you can find the answer through just kind of like on the surface. Um, so even though Asclepius was a demigod, he was still worshipped as one of the gods. He had a temple in the Greek city Epidaurus, which is located near the ancient theater of Epidaurus. The theater is considered one of the best Greek theaters, remaining for its sound and aesthetics, and it seated about 13,000 or 14,000 spectators. The temple of Asclepius and Epidaurus was considered one of the most popular ancient Greek temples, and it only was surpassed by some shrines like the Zeus Temple at Olympus. Um, and Apollo's temple at Delphi. The sick would come to Selpius's temple at Epidaurus hoping to be cured, and serpents were considered as sacred animals at, his, at this temple. Um, as the story goes, the Selpian snakes were found in the temple of Selpius and like literally on the ground. Apparently they didn't bite. You never know. Um, they say all the world's stage so maybe it's unsurprising that in the city of Asclepius there remains the most technically brilliant ancient Greek theater stage since the ride of Asclepius is being used on the world stage by the World Health Organization. So there's also another theory which actually I kind of randomly stumbled across um, just from an Encyclopedia Britannical article. Um, so under the Egyptian pharaoh Djoser, um, there was a court astrologer, sage, and magician um, named Imhotep, and Djoser was the second king of Egypt's third dynasty. And Imhotep was later worshipped as the figure of Asclepius in Egypt and later in Greece, and um, the Encyclopedia. Britannica entry also states that it's common in ancient Egypt for the court magician to also be the court physician. Um, so, as you, if you remember from last episode, if you listened to that, um, we were talking about the original etymology of the word corona. Um, 
which you can find under the Merriam-Webster dictionary if you go to Corona and then it says um, used in the sense of crown then you click on that and then you go to the bottom and it says etymology so it was saying that the Middle English Corona crown was borrowed from the Anglo-French Corona going back to Latin Corona wreath garland worn on the head as mark of honor or emblem of majesty borrowed from Greek Corona which is a crow or seabird any or any of various curved or hooked objects as a door handle or tip of a bow kind of crown perhaps formed from an original end stem nominative corona crow seabird from base core anyways this stuff is very the semantics of it get very obscure but the point that i wanted to bring back was actually we went over the sort of raven greek thing last time but this time we're going over latin wreath or garland or garland uh, which is worn on his head as a mark of honor or emblem of majesty um, so you can also find it on latindictionary.net under corona just look it up um, so a garland is a uh, form of like plant like in case you didn't know it's a form of like it's like a crown but made of plants um, and actually in ancient Rome the victorious Roman commanders would receive like these garlands of like olive branches or something like that and as we'll talk later this was also um, relevant in the pin pin Hellenic or I guess they weren't necessarily Greek because they were like Sparta and Athens and we think of them as Greek now but these Panhellenic peoples, um, <laughs> to use a strange term, uh, they would, once they're victorious at the games, they would receive some type of garland or wreath. And actually, there's a mythical origin of the laurel wreath, which is um, the story, as the story goes, um, Apollo beat this one dragon at the center of the earth called like python or something like that and uh he was kind of mocking eros and uh eros is like oh yeah um you think you think i can't do anything do you and follows like bring it on and then um eros shot um apollo with what i believe was a golden arrow and then he fell in love with daphne and daphne Arrow shot Daphne with a lead arrow, and then Daphne hated Apollo, and Apollo wouldn't leave Daphne alone, and she went to um, this one river god to say, can you make me into a, a laurel tree? And so then she became a laurel tree, and then Apollo still, still loved her and made the leaves of the laurel tree sacred. And uh, then at the Pythian Games, which is in his honor, uh, winners received laurel wreaths and just to give credit to where I found this information I found it at greekgodsandgoddesses.net so therefore Corona's Latin meaning of laurel wreath is a little odd because it's interesting that Apollo has been used in the past for a symbolism involving the Apollo space program um, you know like 
what does Apollo have to do with space? <laughs> That's my question. But um, the fact that the word corona has a root word in the Latin corona, which can mean an emblem of majesty, indicates to me that there's something unusual about the word corona as used in the sense. So every time you see the wreath of the olive leaves displayed, think to yourself, is this sending a message of some kind? And even on the World Health Organization logo itself, it has a wreath. And you really see it a lot of places because it's become so common. And that, it's not necessarily inherently bad, but it's just like, what is the message being sent? And Apollo has some other tangents with plague. Um, so in the war against Troy, Troy Apollo shot arrows of plague. Um, his bow and arrow also symbolizes his victory over the monster Python, which actually, I, that's the one I was forgetting about, which dwelled at the center of the earth. And it's also interesting to note that Python is now one of the most popular computer languages, programming languages. And on another note, there's a book titled Apollo's Arrow, The Profound and Enduring Impact of Coronavirus on the Way We Live. And this was written by a sociologist named Nicholas A. Christakis. And according to Wikipedia, uh, Christakis was named to Time one, Time's 100 Most Influential People in 2009. And Foreign Policy Magazine named him in 2009 and 2010 to a list of top thinkers. And to me, Foreign Policy Magazine is like the sister. It's like similar to uh, the Foreign Affairs publication. And if you know anything about conspiracies the foreign affairs publication is run by the council on foreign relations and the council on foreign relations has branches all over the world or at least united states not necessarily world but um in government media everything so definitely i'll know that i would trust people that they say is the best but And he is Greek, so obviously if he's writing about Apollo and coronavirus, like maybe he's like, oh, I'm Greek, like, let me get this nice book. People buy it because I'm Greek. It's, it's possible. Um, so it's also interesting to note that Apollo is the name for a financial assets company based in New York City. And if you just look up Apollo.com, that's where you'll find them. And... Apparently, it looks like they're dealing with a decent amount of money here. And, you know, as any responsible corporation, they have said that they will contribute to COVID-19 relief, or at least what they call relief. And on their website, they describe themselves like this. Since our founding in 1990, Apollo's consistent, rigorous, and value-oriented approach across private equity credit and real assets has helped us make one of the largest alternative investment managers serving many of the world's prominent institutional investors so <laughs> i mean apparently they they seem like pretty big they're not just like someone in your basement like me but i just registered myself but um so indeed uh perhaps rather than <laughs> mythological narratives um you could also look at it from what companies do. What's their name? Honestly, the name is really big to me, at least. But, um... And if these companies do invoke Greek mythology, uh, maybe there's something 
going on, which is re- relevant to the COVID agenda, kind of like how if it's if there's one strand connected, then they all connect at a strand somewhere else. Um, so before we kind of go with the company narrative perspective, which we'll kind of get to towards the end, you could actually look with um, keep going with the metaphor of light because if you uh, know about Apollo, he's like known for taking his chariot and pulling the sun across the sky every morning with his uh, four horses and um, and then the connection with Corona was that uh, Corona refers to the Corona of the Sun potentially and um, so another so a Roman deity that would connect with the Sun would be Sol Invictus and Sol Invictus was the Roman god of the Sun Actually, the festival for Sol Invictus was celebrated on December 25th, and some believe that Jesus is actually Sol Invictus. You know, I'm not saying that that's true. I'm just saying it is interesting that the festival for Sol Invictus was on the supposed birthday of Jesus. Sol Invictus was also the patron of soldiers, and since the Roman Empire uh, required a dominant military to maintain its empire, it's... um, you know, it almost feels like Sol Invictus was a, pa- a patron saint of the empire itself. Um, and so the Wikipedia entry for Sol as a figure in Roman mythology states that there were two different periods in Roman history of Sol worship. Also, it's interesting how like Sol is like, feels like a soul of your, like a human or just a, a living being soul. Um, Romans uh, worship soul for centuries and Sol Invictus actually means the unconquered sun in Latin uh, the sun is often associated with mo- monarchy throughout history and one of the most well known examples the French king Louis XIV was known as the sun king and many pictures of him portray either a sun prominently in the background or at least very bright colors in the Palace of Versailles, that attempt to emulate the radiance of the sun. Um, the crown of the Egyptian pharaoh, as well as the papal crown of the pope, um, can reflect the radiance of the sun as well. And the double crown, seen on top of Horus's head, Horus, when he's in the hawk form, reflects the unity of Upper and Lower Egypt. Actually, Upper Egypt is like south. And Lower Egypt is north, in case you didn't know. But the goddess Isis also can be seen wearing a crown, which looks like a sun disk. And although not all crowns necessarily have the intention of emulating the sun, they I feel like they can have that effect. So the Isis, the goddess, actually, um, you can hear a lot of conspiracy people uh, like Chris Knowles from Secret um, Sunblog Speaks or something. I kind of like, I probably messed that up, but a lot of these people that look into the symbology, um, like the symbols of stuff, see ISIS and stuff like um, Statue of Liberty, and who, by the way, is has a crown, um, crown head. 
I think that's pretty interesting. I never looked, but um, in ancient China, emperors needed to justify their rule in what is known as the mandate of heaven. So ultimately, heaven, earth, and the other and the other elements have far more power than us as individuals. So I feel like the rulers need to invoke the power of these elements to control the masses. And also, if you look at uh, if you type up radiate crown or radiate crown um you can look at all these examples of like kings that have tried to create a crown that actually looks like a sun to kind of bring home that uh metaphor um greek gods and so if we're going back to apollo here um the greek gods and goddesses.net states Apollo was also famous for being an oracular god and had two cults in Delphi and Delos. People would come all over the world to learn from an Apollo to learn from Apollo what their future held. It was believed that as the god of both medicine and plague, Apollo could heal people as well as cause disease by shooting people with his arrows. And so now it's probably a good idea to talk about the Olympic Games. Um I could just read from the um, Wikipedia thing again because it's pretty useful. Um, this is for Panhellenic Pan Games. The Olympic Games. The games are also known as the Stephantic, Stephanidic Games because winners received only a garland for victory. Um, Stephanidic derives from Stephanos, the Attic Greek word for crown. No financial or material prizes were awarded, unlike at other ancient Greek athletic or artistic contests, such as the Panathea Games, at which winners were awarded many amphorae of first-class Athenian olive oil. The Olympic Games awarded a garland of olive leaves, the Pythian Games a garland of laurel leaves, the Nemean Games a crown of wild celery, in the Isthmian Games, a garland of pine leaves. In the Archaic period, one of dried celery in the Classical and Hellenistic periods. And again, one from pine from then on. So so though no, so the victors didn't receive any material awards. They were often showered with gifts and honors on returning to their polis. And if you look at actually the resurrection of the Olympic Games in the late 20th century. You can actually see this as an attempt to impose a new world order. And you hear that a lot with the conspiracy terms. New world order, NWO. And you know, that's just kind of a theory. To be honest, I don't have a lot to support it. But um, I just find it interesting that um, although the games were like marketed as bringing peace to the world, just 15 years after the first Olympic Games in 1896, which occurred in Athens, World War One broke out and claimed millions of lives, and then shortly after World World, uh, world War One, World War Two occurred, took even more lives. But um, the original Pan Hellenic Games were meant to honor the gods, and now I kind of wonder if there's such a purpose. There's still a purpose to honor some gods for the Olympic Games, and. I'm kind of open to uh, possibilities on this, but I personally believe that um, 
the kind of like quote unquote elite that run things they probably would believe in something in my opinion um so it does seem like there's kind of like the usual suspects that are involved in the Olympics at times. I don't know if that's because they want to use the Olympics to further their own aims or if they're just kind of using it like to get away from their shitty lives of like constantly killing. They just want to do something nice for once. You know, like if you were um, like a mass murderer and you like gave a kid candy or help some grandma walk, walk across the street and uh so um so it shouldn't surprise you that if you think that the olympics has some kind of agenda that henry kissinger was a member uh, a member of the 2000 international olympic committee and we all know what happened after 2000 so um so actually ironically henry kissinger when he's like 96 in 2019, I don't even know how old he is, like 100 or something like that, but um, Henry Kissinger traveled to receive an award from the International Olympic Committee with Eric, um, he actually traveled with Eric Schmidt, the former former CEO of Google, and the, so he received this award 2019, and um, the International Olympic Committee is located in Switzerland, which doesn't really surprise me because it's known as kind of like where the ultra ultra rich go on vacations in the Alps, go skiing, avoid taxes, and also the uh, World Economic Forum happens in Davos, Switzerland every year. So I think that's interesting. Um, so my opinion, the Olympic Games is another symbol of how these scumbag elites enjoy Greek mythology can't really blame them because it's pretty cool but um maybe they're trying to use it for something perhaps at least to signal what they're doing to others who are already initiated um you can also actually look at the people sometimes confuse the hermes symbol with the rod of Asclepius, and the hermes symbol has two snakes wrapped around a staff with two wings no no not two wings um two snakes with wings on the top and it can be seen in different symbols. Um, so Hermes was known as like the patron, the patron um, god of thieves. Big surprise. Um, and merchants and travelers. Um, something that this caduceus kind of symbol uh, was derived from the Mesopotamian god of the underworld. Ninkish Zida, who's associated, I don't know how to, it's N I N G I S H Z I D A, who's associated with the death of vegetation. And the symbol, a symbol of this Mesopotamian god in a cup has been found on a libation vase of Gudia dating to 2100 BC. Um, this Hermes symbol known as the Caudesis is found in many places across the world, including the customs flag of China, which also features a key intersecting with the staff. And like I said, Hermes is thought of as the protector of thieves, travelers, and merchants. According to Wikipedia, 
Um, in Roman mythology, Hermes was known as Mercury, a name derived from the Latin merx, meaning merchandise, and the origin of the words merchant and commerce. And the United States Public Health Service, a division of Health and Human Services, has the Caudesa symbol on it, crossing over with an anchor. And actually, if you if you're really kind of like savvy to like the law stuff in the conspiracy community, um, and if you like know about Crow Triple Seven Radio, that's C R R O W seven 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 Radio dot com. He has a lot of episodes on the law, and they believe that we're actually under what was known as maritime law, and it's kind of crazy stuff. But um, the fact that the if that's true, then the fact that the um, United States Public Health Service has the caudesis crossed over with an anchor, that kind of cements that theory, at least a little bit. Um, so the Surgeon General of the United States also has this symbol. And we were talking about the Rite of Selpius, which is on the World Health Organization, and sometimes they're confused. But... Um, one other thing that uh, we should mention with the World Health Organization symbol is that um, it also has that wreath on the bottom, which, as we were talking about, um, could have its own symbol, symbolic meaning. Um, actually, the wreath is shown both on the WHO and United Nations logos. And to me, ultimately, the coronavirus is the coronation of the global elite meant to make them appear as demigods from on high. And even if you hate these people, um, like Dr. Tedros or Dr. Fauci, it seems like their power is... Actually, I used to think that they're very powerful, but I think that they're like little puppets, to be honest with you. And these people that are trying to pull off this plan, it almost reminds me of like the story of Lucifer, because they're like so prideful and they think they could do whatever they want. But eventually there's going to be punishment. Uh, it could be this life, could be after this life, but um, really what they're trying to do is they're trying to literally imagine you're in like a dark, you're in a room, they turn off the light, and they want you to see their light, like, so they initially cause darkness to offer you a solution, which it looks good because what they've made is bad, but they're really just giving you what you had in the first place. And you can you could kind of use an um, analogy of a solar eclipse, and if you go with that, then you could say like they make they predict the eclipse or they make it happen or something like that, and then it turns dark, and then present to you the corona actually, which as you can see during this during a full solar eclipse uh, when the mon when the moon is blocking the sun. You can see like that little outline of the sun is the corona. And I don't really think that these people have true power because like only God and nature, you know, whatever powers the be or the ones that have true power. But, um, and it kind of does remind me of that one time when I think like Christopher Columbus or one of those like white explorers told the natives that some eclipse would happen and it did happen and then they had like so much power over 
the natives because they had no idea what was going on. And these these um, we're told in our culture that like astrology has no relevance at all, and I feel like there could be a similar analogy to that. And if you were paying attention to like the astrology stuff, and I'm I'm not an expert by any means, but there was the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter on December 21st, 2020. And Jupiter and Saturn were aligned like to an extent that they haven't at least for at least a few decades. I'm not really sure exactly. Um, and I feel like the way the different planets and their astrological meeting as perceived by different cultures should not go unexamined. We should kind of look at it from other perspectives. And there's also one last mythological perspective I'd like to bring up. And we've been going over all the connections with Greek gods and potential corona mythology. And what if the word corona or coronavirus is actually somehow referencing the Titan Kronos, who was involved in the Titan War? Kronos was the son of Uranus and Gaia, the Earth Goddess. Kronos was later defeated by his son Zeus. According to windows2universe.org, the Romans later associated Kronos with Saturn. Um, the reason we got into all of this mythological language was from a couple things. Um, first of all, the latindictionary.net definition of Corona includes the definition of a garland. As we mentioned before, in the Pan-Hellenic Games, uh, winners received a garland of a type, depending on the uh, particular god being worshipped. A corona is like a crown by the plants, and as we mentioned earlier, Apollo fell in love with Daphne after Eros shot him with the love arrow, and Eros shot Daphne with the lead arrow, said that Daphne hated Apollo, and this is just a recap of how we got to these crazy topics, but, um, so Daphne wanted to turn into the laurel tree, and this is weird, so I think his name is Pinois, Pin it's either Penis or Pinois, <laughs> the river guy, it's spelled P-E-N-E-U-S. Um, and then he granted a request. Yeah, I'll make you in, into a laurel tree. And so Apollo continued to love her and wore, wore her laurel leaves in her honor. And then every four years of the Pythian Games, the winner won a laurel wreath. So we also were discussing Selpius, the child of Apollo and Coronis. Um, Coronis, Corona, anyone? And the rod of Selpius can be seen on the logo of the World Health Organization. And additionally, a wreath can be seen on the logo of the World Health Organization. So my question is, is the wreath an homage to Greek mythology? And to put the, to put the son of Apollo as well as the laurel wreath seems to indicate some sort of reference to Apollo. Um... According to Wikipedia, um, entry page for Laurel Wreath, Roman commanders, after a successful battle, were crowned with a Laurel Wreath. Perhaps one of the true aims of the scumbag elite is to actually rule the world. And the WHO is one of their ways to achieve that. And perhaps the Laurel Wreath on the WHO logo is a symbol of what they feel to be their victorious battle over humanity. And also, 
in addition to athletes, poets were also crowned with the wreath. And then you can also view it from this perspective that the WHO views their work as like kind of like poetry and artful, creative. It's very creative, actually. Gotta give them that. Um, <laughs> but they're still gangsters, and they I think they view coronavirus as their coronation. They're the original gangsters, the OGs. Um, so we were also talking about how Apollo is related to the sun, because like Apollo pulled his golden chariot, and golden kind of has that like sun feel to it. Um, across the, he pulled the sun across the sky, according to the Greeks, every morning, and with his four horses. So we were also talking about how the word corona refers to the sun, since the corona has a corona of light, which can be observed directly during a solar eclipse. So there's kind of like all these different Apollo things going on, different threads. You know, just uh, for good measure, I thought we could list each Panhellenic game and their associated god. And once again, I'm getting this information from the Wikipedia page for Panhellenic Games, so maybe not the best source. But So we all know that the most famous games were the Olympic Games, and these Olympic Games honored Zeus and took place in Olympia, Greece. Olympia, Greece is actually not close to Mount Olympus, as I thought, actually, but it's not. And Mount Olympus is farther north where the major 12 Olympians lived. Winner of the Olympic Games wanted olive wreath. The Olympic Games marked year one of the Olympiad. According to Wiktionary.org, the word Olympics referred directly to the gods. The Pythian Games honored Apollo at Delphi. And if you remember, Apollo defeated that one python dragon at the center of the earth. It's probably where it's from. The Pythian Games, which honored Apollo, occurred at Delphi, incurred every four years, which was two years after the Olympics, at year three of the Olympiad. So the, the Olympiad is measured by the Olympics and the Olympic Games. Every year one of the Olympic Games started a new cycle. So, and then the year before, the new cycle of the Olympiad would be year four. Um, so, and then of course, um, the winners of the Pythian Games won a laurel wreath, as we mentioned, with Daphne and the story with Daphne. And so, I think I probably mentioned this, but the Pythian Games occurred every four years and two years after the Olympics, that year three of the Olympiad. Um, kind of like winter in some Olympics a little bit. Um, the Nim the Nemeon Games honor Zeus and Heracles at Nemea. These games occurred every two years of the Olympiad at years two and four. This was both uh, the year after and the year before the Olympic Games. Winners won a wreath of wild celery. The Isthmian Games honored Poseidon at Isthmia. Winners received a wreath of pine. 
The Isthmian Games occurred at the same time as the Nemean Games, although at a different time of year. So Isthmian Games, Poseidon, Olympic Games, Zeus, Pythian Games, Apollo, and the Nemean Games were both Zeus and Heracles. And to me, it seems that the reason that the reason that the Olympics were delayed actually had something to do with uh, just making a statement in 2021. And we all know that the word that the numbers 21 kind of like reminiscent of 2001. And it does seem like there's something about this number 21 that keeps popping up. It's a little weird. So, so obviously the twin towers fell in 2001. There's also Agenda 21, Aventuo one. Um, Brady got, some people believe that uh, sports are fixed, and honestly after watching Super Bowl 55, it's kind of sketchy to me now, I, I can't believe I, I actually believed all this stuff, but Brady got 201 yards in the Super Bowl, um, so there's really no telling what's truly happening, but I'm definitely open to interpretations. And there's no oracle to turn to for wisdom nowadays. Nowadays, and however, there is a company named Oracle. And in ancient Greece, the Oracle of Delphi was seen as the intermediary between the gods and humans. Delphi was the location of the Temple of Apollo. In reality, so gases from inside the Earth gave a priestess called the Pythia spiritual visions. As Whitney, Re- as Whitney Webb reports in unlimitedhangout.com in the article Google and or- Oracle to monitor Americans who get warp speed vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine for up to two years. Um, it does seem like the company Oracle is kind of on the COVID-19 um, agenda, like on the bad side of it with all the surveillance state stuff going on getting rolled out according to wikipedia um oracle corporation has net total assets of 115 billion dollars so you can say all you want that um this greek mythology has no no importance for the scumbag elite but then again there are signs that like oracle like oracle of delphi like that this company has like billions of dollars and potentially tied to like the government's actions. Um, I'm going to post the link of all the stuff that I was talking about and I'm probably going to create a minds post, but definitely if you're still listening, thanks for listening today and I hope to uh, continue this podcast, The Secret Society. <laughs> and there's really a ton of content to talk about. Just uh, the amount of content is just off, off the charts, really. But um, I hope you all have a good rest of your day. Stay sane out there because it's definitely getting crazier over time. Anyways, peace out.